It was soundly rebuked by the apostle because they were departing from the gospel. Is that a danger today? It certainly is a danger today. In fact, it is all around us. We're immersed in an apostasy. And so I want to begin reading because it's been a little while since we've been here in these verses. I want to begin reading in chapter 1 and verse 11. And I want to take us down to verse 24. And I want to speak on this, Paul's relation or relationship to the early church. Verse 11, For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when God, who set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me, so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Then, three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him fifteen days. But I did not see any other of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now, in what I am writing to you, I assure you before God, I am not lying. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, And I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea which were in Christ, but only they kept hearing, He who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they were glorifying God because of me. Paul's gospel that he had and preached to the Galatians Paul is very emphatic that he did not get that gospel from any other man. Not only in verses 11 and 12 that we read for our scripture reading does he say this, but he also says it in verse 1. He says, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised Him from the dead. Paul is emphatic about this because, and we've given them a label, the Judaizers were using false and deceptive things to draw the Galatians and the churches within that region of Galatia to draw them away from the gospel of Christ. To the Judaizers, it was, yes, Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And Jesus Christ did die for you, and He is raised from the dead. 
But it's not just belief on Jesus Christ as the Messiah and in His resurrection. It is Christ plus, in order to be considered the people of God, you've got to keep what? You've got to keep the law. You've got to keep the Mosaic law. And what they were specifically aiming for, if you read the rest of this book, is specifically this commandment in the law concerning circumcision. And Paul's going to address that later on here in the book. But Paul did not gain his message from any human source. He did not gain his message from any human tradition. In fact, how did Paul receive this knowledge? He received it, look at verse 12, I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus Christ what? He appeared to the apostle. And he appeared to him in a bright light that struck him down from the horse that he was riding and called out his name, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And of course, Saul recognized the Shekinah glory. He recognized the bright light as being God himself. And so he said, who are you, Lord? And our Lord, in just a few words, shattered his life and his traditions and said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And that was such a thing in his life and in his spirit, the law and his self-righteousness and all that collapsed and what was built and born into his spirit was Christ himself. He was regenerated by the power of God. And so Paul begins to look at the past concerning the source of the gospel And what he is claiming in beginning in verse 13 all the way down through chapter 2 and verse 14, his point is simply this. I am independent of the 11 and I am on equal basis with those 11 and they did not instruct me nor give me the gospel. I got it directly from Jesus Christ himself. And so this is important because the Judaizers were saying that it's Christ plus the law. And Paul, of course, believed that Jesus Christ, he, excuse me, Paul believed in a coming Messiah, didn't he? To Paul, it was law plus a Messiah. The Judaizers saying, no, it's the Messiah, but now you've got to also add the what? You've got to also add the law. And so Paul brings this up to let know what happened in his soul. All of that tradition, all of those works, all of that seeking to keep the commandments of God in order to be right with God or to be saved by God, all that went out the door and he began to pursue Christ himself alone. That's an amazing thing when you consider the life of this man. So what changed Paul? Was it the traditions? No. Was it his own righteousness? No. Was it even the preaching of the apostles? No. What changed Christ was this. Look at verse 16. 
When it pleased God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me through His grace was pleased to reveal His Son in me. That's what changed Him. And folks, that's what's going to change anybody. It's that knowledge, the hearing, and the opening up of blind eyes to behold the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in whose face? Jesus Christ. In the face of Jesus Christ. And Paul and God's aim for saving Paul, look at verse 16 again, was that he might preach his son among the Gentiles. That was the aim and purpose in which God saved him, so that Paul would co-labor with Christ to reach the Gentile people to fulfill all the promises given to Abraham and to bring to pass the summing up of all things in Christ, that fulfilling of the mystery of his will. What a calling. When you think about God using a Jew to reach the Gentiles, that really is amazing, isn't it? When you think about the animosity between those two ethnic entities, and yet Paul and yet God did do that. Now again, he's he's going into this fact of his independency from the church at Jerusalem and the apostles of Jerusalem, and so he begins to trace his history. And when you trace someone's history, there's always complications with that. And there are varying understandings on when this happened or when that happened. But in general, in the general overall chronology, people understand. But here in verses 18 through 24, which is our text for today, Paul is going to talk about, all right, let's look at my relationship to the early church. In chapter 2, he's going to talk about his relationship to the church at Jerusalem and to the apostles, but here he's talking about his his relationship to that early church. Now when you look at these verses, what immediately you get a sense of is that these verses tell us how the Lord directed and guided the Apostle Paul. Look at these words here. Look in verse 17. I went away. Look at verse 17 again. I returned once more. Look at verse 18. Three years later. Verse 18 again. I stayed with Peter how many days? 15 days. Look at verse 21. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. Here he's giving to us the Lord's providential direction. Now some of that direction may have been by revelation, but Paul doesn't say that. And so I lean toward this is providential guidance of the Lord. And the reason why I lean that way is because in chapter 2, he's going to talk about, look down in verse 2 of chapter 2, he's going to say, I did go up to Jerusalem, and I did submit myself to the apostles, but I went up, verse 2, because of a what? A revelation. Everybody see that? So I gather from that that if he was being directed to these places, 
in a direct revelation way, he would have noted it here in these passages. So what do we have here? Well, here's Paul, and I want you to hold your hand in Galatians, and I want you to turn to Acts 9, because we're going to be flipping back and forth between those two passages. And while you're turning there, I'll just read. Here we have Paul's conversion, Acts chapter 9. And on his conversion and his call to the ministry, he was blinded. How many days was he blinded? Do you remember? Three days. And a man named Ananias was directed by the Lord himself to go down this street and there you would find this man. He knew the man's name. He knew the man was dangerous. And he mentions it to the Lord. And the Lord says, go, because he's a chosen vessel of mine. And so he goes, and look at verse 17 of chapter 9. Ananias departed, entered into the house, and after laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you note that Ananias called him Brother Saul? So he's recognizing, the Lord told me, you're regenerated, you're you're a believer now. Brother Saul, and immediately, verse 18, there fell from his eyes something like scales, He regained his sight. He got up, was baptized. Verse 19, he took some food. He was bodily strengthened. Now if you look back in Galatians, I lost my place. I told you to hold your place and I didn't hold mine. If you go back to Galatians and look at verse 16, Paul gives to us the very first providential guidance that he had. He said, God, through His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. Now, here's the first thing. I did not immediately consult with what? Flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. Everybody see that? Okay, here you have the word immediately. And we know that word immediately means at least after those three days, right? So he's three days, and he's blind, and he regains his sight, and Paul says, immediately. Well, look back in Acts chapter 9. <clears throat> and note, note the chronology here. Verse 19. And Saul took food and was strengthened. Now for several days. Everybody see that phrase? For several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus. And note this word. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue saying he is the what? He is the Son of God. So here, here's the chronology as best as I can work it out. <coughs> he's converted. For three days he's blind. And then there were several days. He didn't say several weeks. He didn't say several months. He said there were several days, and what was he doing immediately upon regaining his sight? 
He was preaching that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Did he go up to Jerusalem? No, not in those several days. Did he consult with flesh and blood? No, not during those several days. Galatians says that immediately he didn't go there and he didn't go to the apostles. Now look at verse 17 of Galatians 1. I went away to where? Arabia. Everybody see that? So immediately, he didn't go up to Jerusalem. He didn't submit himself to further instruction by prominent teachers and leaders. He immediately went to Arabia. And so, again, if you're back in Acts chapter 9, I got beside, I got between verses 20 and 21, I got Galatians 1.17, and I wrote the word Arabia there. Paul says, I got saved three days, I immediately started preaching Christ, and for several days I was there, but I left immediately and departed for the region of Arabia. Now, don't don't lose your place in Acts chapter 9, but go back to Galatians and go to chapter 4. Because he's going to mention Arabia here also. Look at verse 25. He speaks of this allegory and he says, Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in what geographical location? In Arabia. Everybody see that? There are people who think that when Paul left Damascus after just a few days, and in those few days he was immediately preaching Christ, that he actually went down to the Sinai Peninsula to the mountain. And there, we don't know what he did. But he was there. This term Arabia, as it was used in that day, refers to a broad geographical area. That region would include modern Sinai, the Sinai Peninsula. It would also include modern Jordan in that area, if you've got a map kind of in your head and you're kind of thinking through there. It would also include what today is modern Syria, all the way up toward Babylon. That all of that geographical area that I just described had a broad name of Arabia. My conjecture, and it is a conjecture, is that because of where Damascus is, he was probably in a region of what we would call southern Syria, maybe in the modern Jordan area, and he went there immediately, immediately (coughs) upon his conversion. Not immediately like, I got converted and I'm gone, But we would say this, we would say, well, we were somewhere, there was an urgency, immediately I had to leave, even though you might have been there less than a week. So Paul immediately left and departed for that region of Galatia, of uh, Arabia. Now, how long was he there? We don't know. 
we know that it was less than what? Well, look in Galatians 1, verse 18. <coughs> it was less than what? It was less than three years. We're not quite sure what he was doing there. But if he's immediately preaching Jesus as the Son of God, what do you think he might be doing? He might be preaching and evangelizing. So here he leaves, and I'm back in Galatians 1 now. Here he leaves, and here's what Paul wants us to know about this. He wants us to know two things. Verse 17. Excuse me, verse 16. He did not consult with flesh and blood. Everybody see that phrase? The word consult refers to to gain instruction from. So Paul got saved. The scales fell off his eyes. Immediately he's preaching Jesus is the Son of God. And immediately he leaves. He did not submit himself to anyone else's instruction. He did not, as it were, look for prominent people. He didn't decide to go to seminary. He didn't decide to go to Bible school, if we're going to put it in today's vernacular. He immediately left. Now, in saying that, it doesn't mean that he never heard anyone else preach. But it does mean this. He did not receive gospel instruction from anyone else that would have been a mentor or a superior to him. The second thing that we know is this. Paul, verse 17, did not go up to what city? He didn't go to Jerusalem. Now that's very important because the Judaizers were saying that the church at Jerusalem was like the headquarters and that Paul had to submit himself to the instruction that was going on there even though they mislabeled the instruction. Paul did not go up to the city of Jerusalem, nor did he go up to the city of Jerusalem to meet with the apostles. You would have thought that he might have done that, right? But he didn't do that either. So again, if we were going to word it in this way, Paul got saved, he immediately preaches Christ, but he denies dogmatically that he went to Bible school or he went to seminary, or his loyalty was to Pensacola Christian, or Bob Jones University, or West Coast Baptist. No loyalties there. Completely independent of the church at Jerusalem, of the the 11 that was there, or any other flesh and blood that would have gained me instruction. Where did he get his instruction? By direct revelation from who? from Jesus Christ Himself. So as we're here in Galatians chapter 1, immediately He did not do two things, and immediately He did one thing. He went away to Arabia, verse 17. How long He was there, we don't know. But where did He go next? Well, He says, I return back to what city? I return back to Damascus. And so if you look back to Acts, I told you to write between verses 20 and 21. 
Either the word Arabia or Galatians 1.17 actually have both of those there. And in the book of Acts, <clears throat> Luke's writing this historical account, and in verse 21, he's going to give a summary of what happened to that apostle and to those around him. Paul's going to actually refer back to verse 21 later on in Galatians. But for right now, verse 21 is a summary, and I have beside that Galatians 1, 23-24. But he returns to Damascus. Now look at verse 22. But Saul kept increasing in strength, and confounding the Jews who lived where? Damascus. Everybody see that? So at the end of verse 20, where did he go? He went to Arabia. Then he comes back. Luke picks back up the story in verse 22 that Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that this Jesus is the Christ Verse 23, now when many days had elapsed, so I got beside those two verses, Paul returns. Now this wasn't several days, this was how many days? Many days. After many days had elapsed, verse 23, the Jews plotted together to do away with him. Now what city is he in? He's in Damascus. The Jews plotted together to do away with him, but their plot became known to Saul. And they were also watching the gates day and night so that they might put him to death. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a large what? In a large basket. So down through the verse 25, you have his dealings there at Damascus. Did he gain disciples? He did. It says his disciples lowered him over that wall. This incident is also recorded in 2 Corinthians. So go over to 2 Corinthians. We're doing a little Bible turning here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. (coughs) So if you go right back, you're holding your place in Galatians, go right back to that chapter and then flood back a couple of pages and you'll be there. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Excuse me, not chapter 12, it's chapter 11. I wrote down the wrong verses. In verse 30, he says, If I have to boast, I will boast what pertains to my weakness. Now what he's about to describe to us is a weakness Paul considers in his life. Look at verse 32. In Damascus, that king was guarding that city of Damascus because he wanted to what? Seize Paul. So the Jews plotted 
The king was in agreement with that. They were wanting to seize Paul, and look at verse 33, and I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and so escaped his hands. Everybody see that? Okay. Now, that event, we're not going to go into it, but I will mention it. That event, Paul sees as a weakness. You probably wouldn't see it as a weakness. Paul sees his weakness. And what he means by that is the very fact that they had to let him down through a window on the outside of that wall in some way, we don't know in what way, it was profoundly humiliating for him to experience that. That's a weakness, isn't it? How do we know that? Well, look, you're here in 2 Corinthians. Go over to the next chapter, chapter 12. Look at verse 9. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses. Verse 10, Therefore I am well content with weaknesses. And he associates those weaknesses with insults, distresses, persecutions, difficulties, and the thorn in the flesh that he tried to get away. Why did God give him the thorn of the flesh? To keep him from exalting himself. That's why I say Paul considered him being let down through that wall a profoundly humiliating experience in his life. A humbling experience in his life. Now why that is, the Scripture does not say because there are other cities where he fled that city to go preach the gospel in another area. He never calls that a weakness. But here he calls it a weakness. So here's Paul. What city is he in now? He's in Damascus. He's now being let down through the wall in a basket. Now go back to Acts chapter 9. Look at verse 26. When he came to where? Everybody see that? Okay. So now go back to Galatians. If you think this is confusing, us flipping back and forth, it took me a long time to get this chronology down. Okay. So back here in Galatians. He goes to Damascus, and then, verse 18, three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas. And Cephas, that is who? That is Peter. And stayed with him 15 days. Now folks, when he goes up, Acts chapter 9 tells us, verse 26, that he tried to associate with the disciples. But they were afraid of him, not believing he was what? They did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took hold of him and related to them Paul's manner of life, Paul's preaching, Paul's labor of ministry, probably some of his persecutions, 
and they were satisfied. No, this man, he's a genuine believer. Why did Paul go up there? Well, he went up there, go back to Galatians, he went up there to see one man. And that man was Cephas, that man was Peter. Why he went to seek a private meeting with Peter. This is a private meeting with Peter. Why he went to do that, the Scripture is silent about that. But the fact is, he did do that. So, if we just pause, we're here in Galatians. Let me just take everything that we have, let's put it in where Paul's driving here. Paul's driving that he was not taught by man. And that the gospel he preaches did not originate from man, but came directly from Jesus Christ himself. And I am not subservient to those eleven in Jerusalem. I too have seen the risen Christ. I too am an apostle. And I just want to let you know that after I got saved, I didn't go up to Jerusalem to talk to them and gain insight from them. I did not gain, seek insight or instruction from any flesh and blood at all. And I left shortly and I went to Arabia. And how long he was there, we don't know. And I returned back to Damascus. And in Damascus, I got run out. I had to escape through a basket, through the wall. And again, I'm not seeking instruction from anybody in Jerusalem. It's been how many years at least? Three years. And after I got taken out of Damascus, I did go up to Jerusalem and I did seek a private meeting with Peter. Now some people wonder why he was there for 15 days if all he wanted was a private meeting with Peter. And commentators speculate that maybe Peter was a little bit more difficult to find. You know, Peter, he was in Caesarea, he was in other places, but eventually he did have that private meeting with Peter. Galatians 1 says, I went up to become acquainted with Cephas and I stayed with him about 15 days. Now, what do you think they talked about? Think they talked about the Super Bowl? No. They would have talked about the Gospel, would they not have? They would have talked about the Messiah. They would have talked about Jesus Christ Himself. But the point of it is, I just went up there to get acquainted with Peter. Peter did not set me down for 15 days and give me a Bible study about Christ. I was acquainted with Him, but not only was I acquainted with Him, Galatians 1 verse 18, Look at verse 19. He didn't see any other of the apostles. So evidently, the Judaizers are saying that Paul actually was instructed by those eleven. I didn't see any other of the apostles except who? James, the Lord's brother. And we don't know how long that he saw him, but he did see him. So evidently, James maybe came up and both Peter and James were together at least one time during that event. And folks, the amazing thing about James is that James is spoken of in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12. 
And Josephus, the Jewish historian who recorded the history at that time, actually mentions James the Apostle and says that he was stoned. He was stoned to death. And so here he is. Has he been instructed by anybody? No. Has he gone to apostolic seminary? No. Has he gone up and joined the church at Jerusalem and submitted to that leadership? No. He immediately left. He preached Christ. And we are sure that he's had other revelations of Jesus Christ teaching him the things that he needed to be taught. Because remember, he was going to be the apostle to who? what group of people? The Gentile people. And folks, whatever Paul is driving home here, and we don't have all that insight, but in verse 20 of Galatians 1, Paul actually gives an oath before God. He actually does what we would call like laying your hand on the Bible and saying, I swear something and appeal to God for the fact that you are going to tell the truth. He says in verse 20, Now, in what I am writing to you, I assure you before God, I am not what? I am not lying. He's appealing to God to witness against Him if He is lying about this. And of course, God is not... saying that he's lying. In fact, the epistle to the Galatians is inspired by who? It's inspired by God through the Apostle Paul. So did he see Peter? He did see Peter. What was the purpose? To become acquainted, not to be instructed or to receive consult from him. He does see Peter. He does see James. And then in Galatians 1 verse 21 After those 15 days, what did he do? He left. And he left, verse 21, and went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. Those two regions that Paul mentions here, in the Roman Empire, comprised one Roman district. The fascinating thing to me, as far as the chronology, is that it was in Cilicia where the city of Tarsus was. And you remember that Barnabas goes up to Tarsus to bring Saul down, right? In order to preach and teach at Antioch, Syria. So so Paul leaves and goes back into that area. And so, folks, this whole thing that he's doing, he's not giving it to us so that we can have a biography. He's giving it to us so that he can prove that he did not receive instruction, he wasn't mentored by the church at Jerusalem, he wasn't mentored by the eleven apostles, he got his calling direct from who? Jesus Christ. He saw the risen Christ on the day of his conversion. He immediately began to preach that Jesus is the Son of God. 
And he had no other consultation, meaning no other instructed type of things to teach him the gospel or the implications of the gospel. All of it was taught by who? Christ and the scriptures. And what I mean by that is, he certainly had the scriptures and he certainly read them with new eyes, did he not? But Christ appeared to him many, many times to give him that instruction. And so Paul concludes, what was his relationship to the early church? Did that early church instruct him? No. Did that early church mentor him? No. He did have some connection with the early church in what city? Damascus. But no connection back to the church at Jerusalem nor the elders and pillars that were there. That's going to come later in chapter 2. Well, what was the relationship of Paul and that early church then? Well, we're here in Galatians. We're through with the book of Acts. But we're here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 22. Look at what it says. It says, I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ, but only they kept hearing He who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. And the result was they were glorifying God because of me. Okay, everybody see that? Okay. Now I've already pointed out in Acts chapter 9, Luke already gives that summary right after Paul's conversion. Why is Paul mentioning this? Why does he say, I was unknown by sight? What does that mean? That means that they had no in-person relationship with the apostle. The churches of what region? Judea. Can you name me a city in the region of Judea? Jerusalem. Okay. Jerusalem. He was unknown to the churches of Judea, which was in Christ. But what they did know, they knew by rumor. Did you pick that up? Verse 23, they kept hearing. They didn't see, they didn't hear it from Him. They kept hearing that this one who persecuted them was now preaching the faith that they tried to destroy, that he tried to destroy. They did not know him personally. They only knew of him by rumor. And of course, you can imagine with Paul getting saved like that, I am sure that that buzz would have just gone throughout all the churches, would it not? So here's what we learn through this. Folks, if they kept hearing that he who once persecuted us is now preaching the what? The faith, the gospel. Everybody see that? What was their response? They were glorifying who? God because of me. 
Folks, that means that in the early church, Paul's preaching of the gospel that he got directly from who? Jesus Christ was no different than what was being preached in that early church. Everybody see that? That's huge. Because the Judaizers were saying, no, Paul just compromised it so he would get a gathering and we're here to tell you the true gospel is the Messiah plus the keeping of the law. Paul says, no, 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 no. My relationship to the apostles, my relationship to the church of Jerusalem was independent. I'm equal standing as those 11. In fact, they, I, they didn't even know me in person of the churches in Judea. Didn't know that. But what they did know, they heard by rumor, and what they heard was, I was preaching the same gospel that they had heard and were preaching, and they glorified God because of me. Everybody see that? So Paul did not compromise the gospel, did he? None at all. Here's the second thing that we can pull out of those last statements. <clears throat> Folks, the early churches did not reject Paul either. Right? They're glorifying God because of me. They're glorifying God because the gospel I'm preaching now is the same gospel they heard and was saved by. But they didn't, they didn't reject him. They weren't saying, ah, you know, that's, that's just a scam. No, they kept hearing things about Paul. He's preaching the gospel. Were people getting saved? People were getting saved and coming to Christ. All of that rumor was floating around about this man and they did not reject him, nor did they despise him. In fact, they did the exact opposite. They were giving God the glory for what was going on in that man's life and what they had heard, even though they had not seen him in person or face to face. They were thanking God because of God's grace saving that man. A man they thought would never get saved. And they were thanking God because he was preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy. And folks, as a little side note, and we'll get to this later on here in this book, but it is interesting here in verse 22 how Paul refers to the churches of Judea. Look at what it says. <clears throat> I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea. Now we would have put a period there, right? What does he say? Which were in Christ. That's interesting, isn't it? Did you notice that Paul did not identify the churches of Judea by their ethnicity? Did you notice that? He didn't say the Jewish churches, did he? He didn't say the Gentile churches. He said the churches of Judea which are in Christ. No ethnicity. Nor did he refer to these churches by some type of terminology that would 
included the Mosaic Law and its requirements. He didn't do that either, did he? No. Folks, <coughs> there's no Jew or Gentile in Christ. It's either the church of Judea in Christ or you're not a church. We don't identify our churches by our ethnicities. We don't identify our churches by, you know, causes. We're a Republican church, Democratic church. We're for a political person or we're for this or this is what we're gathered around or this standard or that standard. No. Here's a church. People who are gathered together in who? In Christ. Isn't that wonderful that He showed it that way? So folks, as far as the early church is concerned, we can conclude from Paul's providential giving of this chronology that Paul's testimony to the churches at Galatia, the gospel he preached, and the life he led was credible. Not only was it credible, but he was independent. God separated him out, as it were, and taught him himself. He's independent, not under any other man or school or party. And we can conclude that that independency for the good of the church, he was on equal footing with those early apostles. And in fact, Lord willing, next Sunday we're going to see that those apostles told Paul, after Paul laid out the gospel that he had been taught by Christ after he laid it all out before them, they gave him the right hand of fellowship What does that mean? That means the gospel those 11 men preached was the same gospel who preached? Paul preached. And it was the same gospel in the early church. And they glorified God because of me. Hallelujah. For Paul giving us this. A credible witness, a co-laborer, with the Son of God to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant to preach Christ among the nations. And we're the fruit of it. You and I are the fruit of that message coming down from generation to generation. Let's go to our Lord.